Welcome to I'm Anxious About, a podcast where two friends commiserate about our respective anxieties on a new topic each week. I'm Christopher Mitchell. And I'm Allison Green. And today we are anxious about compliments. balance with compliments, right? If you don't get any compliments, you might be running a soundtrack in your head that's like, what have I done wrong? Why does everyone hate me? But at the same time, compliments nine times out of 10 make me want to deflect and cower in a corner and be like, oh no, too much attention is being paid to me. I must hide. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm of the same mind. I think I'm just not great at really responding to compliments. I think I need... There's some part of me that needs like some positive feedback to put into my pocket for those rainy days to be like, I'm all right. I'm all right. You know? And I think also for me as well, unfortunately, for better or for worse, and I don't really see how it would be for better. So we'll say for worse. A lot of my feedback loop in my head is it can be a little bit negative. You know, we've talked many a time on the show about being a little harsher on ourselves than we probably should be and and that we are towards others. And so I think sometimes getting a compliment is a beautiful reprieve from that and being like, you know what, I think I'm all right. And for me, it just has a lot to do with who it's coming from and whether it feels authentic. Like there's nothing I can think of more cringeworthy than somebody throwing a compliment your way when there's like an ulterior motive or like I don't know. It's just like something icky. And you're like, this is the worst situation ever. If I can just abort this mission, I would like to do so immediately. Yeah. But um, we can dive, walk down those back alleys a little bit further as we, you know, when we dive into that full throttle. I didn't expect to say that sentence out loud today. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I know. I'm like, hmm. That shows that you're a man because woman would yeah, never. Yeah, you're not going full walk throttle down back, down alley. back alleys. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Yeah, my female spidey senses were like abort, <laughs> yeah. abort, abort. <laughs> well lit streets. In my mind, I'm like cruising on a moped down Italian back streets, just like oh, this is very pleasant. Perhaps yeah. I'll stop for a cappuccino, which of course I wouldn't because of anxiety. I don't, I don't deal with that. So that caffeine. I'm a tea caffeine sort of person. Anyways. I shall park that uh, Vespa for a second, get off and (laughs) ask you for our scale for today, which uh, we actually had a little bit of trouble coming up with today for some reason, but I think we landed in a pretty good place. And I I guess I got to go ahead and ask and let people decide. So Allison, on a scale of one to your drunk uncle giving you a 45 minute praise filled toast, (laughs) where are you at? Just that makes me want to just melt into a puddle of embarrassment. I'm probably about a two today, not feeling particularly anxious. It's been a fairly good week. I was able to get out and do some walking in the redwoods with a friend, which was really nice and sort of catch up over lunch. And California is kind of in a 
like a nice place of reopening where it doesn't feel like we're living in denial, like some parts of the states where it's like indoor dining at 100% capacity, but everything feels kind of like safe and smart. So it's been nice to sort of like re-enter society in a way because I felt so like a bubble girl for a long time because everything in Bulgaria was just so not well run and not well managed in terms of people's like self-management essentially. This country was doing a better job than the individuals were is what I'm trying to say. And so it's just nice to be back in a place where people kind of can manage their own behavior like adults. And I kind of forgot what personal responsibility looks like. And it looks pretty good for an anxious person like me. And so I've been feeling good and less isolated and less uprooted since I moved back and started kind of re-entering normal life a little bit. So I think that's helping a lot with my anxiety. And yeah, so I'm probably around a two, I would say. What about you, Chris? On a scale of one to your drunk uncle giving you a praise-filled toast for 45 minutes, how are you doing today? So where am I today? Probably about a two as well. I think I can't say that I'm overly anxious, but uh, plenty to do this week. And that means that there's always that baseline of anxiety, like got to get all this done. And so, yeah, I think I I don't really have a ton to say, to be honest with you. Like I don't have an elaborate check-in. It's more just like I'm not necessarily anxious, but just like, I'm trying to balance that line between um, productivity and overwhelm, balancing a lot of different things. And mm-hmm. but it's been it's been all right. You know, I, I really don't feel too bad. Again, the better weather helps. We're still a long way from, I think, from normalcy, especially in Ontario. But all things considered, I'm I'm doing all right. And yeah, I mean, we're not handling it the best here in the province from a government perspective, but. Uh, that's another story for for another day, for sure. I won't get into it on the... I don't have any compliments to give, is the way that I will put that. <laughs> and I'll leave it fair, there. Fair. Yeah. I also think it's fair to say that if we have a strong Bulgarian listenership, they're probably... They might start sending you just a whisper of hate mail, just like, damn you, Allison. You don't get to throw zingers at us anymore. <laughs> That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. I will take their all caps, all Cyrillic angry emails because I won't understand them. (laughs) I'll just run them through Google Translator and be like, that's a lot of compliments. Your response is very poised. You were ready for it. Yeah. Well, you know, I do feel a little bad for throwing so much shade, but, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the stages of exiting a toxic situation. I'm right in the anger phase. So let's just leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I accept that. I accept that fully. All right. So where do you want to start uh, as far as it relates to compliments? I had a a 45-minute speech that I was going to toast you with while drinking, but I guess probably (laughs) not where we want to start. Yeah, probably not. Let's just go with... How do you tend to react when you get a compliment? Like what is your your signature move when someone's like, hey, Chris, I really like that shirt? Hmm. I think honestly, my approach is somewhat aligned with like the whole, the extended persona that we've assigned to me of the like kind of rampunctious and overexcitable 
golden retriever sort of thing. And uh, so I think generally speaking, I just sort of go into a an extended blush and I just sort of say thanks. Um, but I, I've never really been good at knowing how to respond because I've always felt like with compliments, like for me, actually, for the most part, if it's like coming from the right person in the right place, I get like, maybe this has to do with like a, something akin to like ADHD and emotional dysregulation. But like, I feel like overwhelmed by like, by the compliment. And if it's from the right person in the right place, I, I find it extremely like moving to the point where like, a thank you just seems pathetic. But then, you know, saying thank you 15 times feels bizarre. So but, but, you know, if we're talking about my my go-to reaction, certainly pre-COVID would be to envelop somebody in a hug and say thank you over and over again, despite whatever their preferences were. But now I don't, <laughs> I I don't have that that route to, to go down. Um, but I'm not sure I've ever been really great at responding. I think probably the rosy cheeks and the hyper-extended, slightly ghoulish smile <laughs> probably is my is my go-to what about yourself for me i'm definitely a deflector i just try to brush off the compliment in a way that's like not like you're wrong but like oh that's so sweet of you that you must be basically delusional i'll just sort you know if someone's like oh that's a great shirt i'll be like Oh, this old thing? Like, I got this at Thrift Town. It cost me like a dollar. It was covered in stains when I got it. I wore a hazmat suit. I disinfected a bunch of time. And I just tell like a really dramatic story about how this is actually not that great of an item. And then people are like, okay, then. All right. I'm sorry I complimented it. Let's move on now. I mean, they don't actually say that, but <laughs> I will tend to take something to kind of an extreme and make people kind of be taken aback a little bit by, oh, okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. I get really, I don't know, I get really uncomfortable with compliments because I have pretty bad social anxiety where I don't like to feel like the center of attention. And when someone compliments me, I feel like every eyeball in a like, 50 foot diameter is suddenly trained on me and listening to my response being like, be humble, be humble. But then I like take it to like a wild overcorrection where I'm like, well, actually, I'm the biggest piece of shit. And I'm pretty <laughs> disgusting and horrible. And so thank you. But are you mistaken? You know, that's basically my my signature move with compliments, which I'm sure the people complimenting me love. Yes. Yeah. That's what I've heard, actually, that uh, people around the world are lining up to compliment you based on that response. It's funny to think about the difference in response, though. I, I think I can do a bit of that, too, as well, where it's a bit of deflection or discounting, where someone will say, like, oh, by the way, can you know, congratulations on that. and it might be something that I've poured like hundreds of hours of my life into. And I'm like, oh, that thing? Like, oh, that was that's that was no big thing. You know, like like that, oh, that thing that you're talking yeah. about. Oh, any any old person have, could have done that. And it's funny that you mentioned the term deflection just because I was reading an article, which we'll link to in the show notes, and it was talking about how the three most common responses to compliments for people with anxiety and particularly social anxiety is one of three moves, deflection, reciprocation, or discounting. So what I've gathered just from doing it. I kind of do one and three, like a little combo. Yeah, that's a mean combo. 
especially for the person who gave you that compliment. They're like, oh my gosh, I've barked up the wrong tree. <laughs> so for, I guess, as it relates to getting uh, compliments in this case, I mean, I think it's pretty self-explanatory, but the deflection is kind of that almost immediately changing the topic in some way. So someone says like, you are a tremendous public speaker. And you're like, it's funny you mentioned that. Did you see the baseball game this afternoon? You know, like just like a complete, like, let's shoo this the hell away. A reciprocation would be the scenario where somebody says like, hey, I love your shirt. And you're like, your shirt is even better. And like, just kind of continue back. And then and then the, <laughs> the discounting is, is exactly what you said before, where somebody says like, I really right. love your outfit. And you're like, oh, that's great because I actually found this in an alleyway on the way to come and meet you. And it was urine soaked. <laughs> I picked this off of a dead body yeah. and came to the Yeah, it's, it's so funny you mentioned that. You have awful taste because I, I just found this outfit behind a dumpster. Yeah, right. So we had one of those brilliant technical difficulties where the world comes crashing down. And so we're going to do a little bit of um, recap and catching up and just get back to right where we were in the interest of continuing to move forwards. So I was talking about how in the, the realm of compliments as it relates to anxiety, the most common reactions that people have to compliments are one of three things, either deflection, reciprocation, or discounting. And deflection would be, you know, the idea of, of basically somebody is going to say, what a wonderful thing you've done or wonderful thing you're wearing or whatever it is. And basically you change the subject as quick as humanly possible. You brush off their compliment like a horrid crumb and just continue to <laughs> move forwards and just make sure you don't acknowledge any bit of what they've said. The second is reciprocation. So somebody uh, mentions that uh, you are a brilliant writer and you make sure that you don't acknowledge it and go right to them and make sure you compliment them on something like, it's funny you mentioned that because you've got a gorgeous car. Let's talk about the car. And finally, discounting, which I know is your personal favorite, Allison, where somebody mm -hmm. will- That's my specialty. Right, exactly. So somebody will say something like, you know, that is a beautiful notebook that you have there. And you say something like, it's so interesting you mentioned that because I found this covered in gum under a bus seat being kicked around by a mob of wild, dirty kittens. Just something like that. <laughs> something non-specific, very vague, yeah. very overarching. So <laughs> My point being with those three kind of different responses and some of the articles I had read was that actually by doing any of those things, you, you kind of think that you are doing the right thing because you're pushing attention away from yourself and you feel like there's some voice in your body that's saying or in your mind that's saying, you know, I don't deserve this praise and the best thing for me to do is just to push it away. But in fact, the best thing that we can do is to acknowledge and accept it because it shows that we recognize what somebody else saw in us. So in the instance of maybe the notebook, we won't go back to that example, but let's say that somebody says, you know, Allison, <laughs> I've been to your website and I just absolutely love your writing. Well, the best thing to do might just be like to actually say like, oh, which article were you reading? I really appreciate that. I put a lot of time into it. And 
in that way, you actually have a dialogue and you don't have to stay on that for an hour and just shower yourself in compliments. But in a lot of ways, I just thought it was interesting that in a lot of ways, the best way that just, you know, despite our initial inclination, the best way that we can actually show appreciation for somebody's compliment is to oftentimes just sort of accept and embrace what they're saying as opposed to, you know, either deflecting, Mm -hmm. reciprocating or discounting. Yeah. I think that's an interesting concept. And also it kind of makes sense because if you kind of emphasize your hard work, it is sort of de-emphasizing kind of like natural talent or things that you might be more loathe to acknowledge. So you're like, oh, yeah, like, I think everyone can acknowledge that they're they work hard, you know, that's a lot more comfortable, but it's a lot harder to acknowledge. Yes, I'm actually just kind of good at this by nature. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of like a compromise you can make with yourself to be like, well, okay, I can accept that I worked hard. I can accept that this took effort, because it doesn't feel like as much of a compliment as like, Yes, I'm just innately gifted with the English language and words just flow to me like a font of beauty. You know, I don't know. Apparently words don't flow to yeah, me. I was going to say that was pretty that ironic. Was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know what you, I know what you mean. You're like it's also about of course how you accept it, right? Like you don't want right. to say like it's funny you mentioned that because at the age of 2 I was uh, pointed out as a potential professor by the age of 10 at Harvard. You know, you're what you're really saying is just like I acknowledging that you put a lot of time and effort into working mm-hmm. on that. And so thanks for noticing that because you you tried your your best on that. I think that's, I'd like to think that like, if I was giving a compliment to somebody, that's what I would want to hear from them is like that sort of acknowledgement, because then there's a sort of moment that you share in a bond between the two of you in the same way that, you know, it would be really awkward at like an award ceremony if somebody won an award and they got up behind the podium and they're like, I truly don't deserve this. And somebody could say that at first and then go into their like, but I shall accept it, you know, whatever. But I think if they went on from there and they were like, I literally am awful at, you know, whatever I do, (laughs) you've made a grave mistake in providing me accolades and it shows your gross incompetence. (laughs) You know, like that is obviously over-exaggerated, but- There is some of that being communicated because if you think about it, actually, when someone gives you a compliment, they're offering their opinion. And and by accepting it, you're almost like ratifying or verifying that perhaps they do have some taste or something like that, you know, whatever it's for. It could be as simple as someone walking into your home and saying like, hey, I really like what you've done with the living room and just saying like, thanks, I tried a few new things here. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm happy you noticed that. Like, that's better than being like, actually, this home, I bought it off somebody who died in here and I haven't changed a thing. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the stench is, is still is still here. Can yeah, did you it? see the ghost in the bathroom? Just, I actually really yeah. strongly recommend that you go and check out the closet. Just open it up and just go in there and... <laughs> yeah. I know. I just have such a tendency to do that. It's so innate. And it goes to the point where I almost make things where I'm not sure whether it's more embarrassing for me or the other person by the time I'm finished deflecting and discounting the compliment. It's like, sometimes it just goes to such an extreme level to where I create the most awkward scenario possible for the both of us where like, I have now turned their compliment into just a total self-flagellation festival 
and <laughs> have like 10 whips going at a time just oh like God. you suck you suck you suck <laughs> and also being like and you also suck too for thinking that I could possibly be good you know <laughs> it's bizarre and usually it just ends with the person kind of being like okay cool <laughs> changing the subject so I really need to get better at accepting compliments but for me the hardest ones are compliments that have to do with success and compliments that have to do in any way tangentially with money or with like objects that I spent money on, you know? So like, for example, like lately I've been driving my dad's old car and it's a BMW and I don't think of myself as a BMW person, you know? My first car ever was, and my only car ever that was ever really mine was a Toyota Camry. Although, yeah, back in Sophia, I had like a really old Suzuki wagon. I don't drive nice cars, right? So this kind of was just throwing my whole question of myself into question, I guess. And so people will be like, oh, nice car. And immediately I'm like, it's not mine. It's my dad's. He tried to turn it into a dealership, but he only got $500 for it. So he decided to keep it and he gave it to me because I'm a deadbeat and it has almost 200,000 miles on it. So it's going to burst into flames at any time. But yeah, it's nice. I know it has a nice logo, but it's actually a horrific car, even though it's like a perfectly fine car that drives like butter. It's still great. But I'm just like making it seem like this horrible rusted tin can as if that has something to do with like who I am as a person. I'm like, I have to like make this car seem bad in order to feel like I'm not a materialistic shallow wench. I don't understand what's going on with me. But like that's (laughs) sort of weird scenario I've sort of noticed in it. I think it's because I get really uncomfortable with money. Money is like one of my many anxieties and we still haven't done a money episode and we need to eventually. But, you know, I grew up with, you know, a decent amount of privilege, but not like a Laguna Beach kind of life. You know (laughs) what I mean? And we were always very like frugal and tasteful, but like definitely privileged. And so there is has always been some sort of subtle messaging in my family around like kind of like downplay, you know, certain things don't, you know, don't really flaunt anything, be really modest. And so I think I took that to like an extreme to be like, instead of just being like, oh, thank you. You know, like I got a good deal on it. I'm like, this car is busted. You know, <laughs> like it's horrible <laughs> because it's like, it's not even true. It's not like I intentionally end up lying or anything, but just like I end up over exaggerating in order to kind of like deflect the compliment and turn it into something absurd, you know? Yeah. Well, it's the common trope in anxiety where the little thing becomes the big thing, right? And to somebody else, one could only assume it's like, it was probably just like a, I'm going to go with a sports analogy here and I'm recording wearing a baseball jersey. And so this is just where my head is at. So you're just going to have to bear with me. But the equivalent I think of is like somebody engaging with you, they're hanging out and they just think, you know what, I'm going to just throw a softball their way, something nice and easy just to make them feel good, you know, and you respond by winding up and trying to hit the biggest home run of your life. And it's just like, maybe sometimes it's okay just to just take that easy swing and be like, you know, thanks. Um, And for people who aren't into sports and who currently hate me, what I'm kind of talking about is just that idea that sometimes, you know, the backstory that we live with, which is you know, behind everything, right? Like this is something we talk about a lot. There's this, there's so much that's going on behind the scenes, right? Like 
maybe everyone doesn't need our backstory, right? Like that's your backstory about the BMW. But if you leaned out the window and you were like, well, you know, thanks. It's a nice day and I'm happy to be driving it, you know, and then um, turned up the music and drove off into the distance, then you'd probably both smile and be like, well, wasn't that pleasant? As opposed to, I picture you stopping in the middle of the street, blocking traffic and just being like, listen, okay, I'm going to talk to you a little bit. This car was purchased in 2004 for the price of <laughs> as recently as 2019, there was a potential trade in progress and traffic's just like, grr, grr, like get the fuck out of the way. So there's on the one hand, there's, I think there's a lot of power in sharing our backstory to realize how ridiculous it is. But there's also power in being like, I think this moment does not call for my great backstory. I shall just nod and say, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's like, you could take things to like the first level, but maybe you don't need to take anything to like the next level. Like I could be like, Thanks. Like my dad lent me it instead of being like, my dad lent me it and it's garbage <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to fall apart at any minute, which is again, not even true. But for some reason, I just like, I have to deflect the compliment to the point of imploding the premise that their compliment is based on. <laughs> I'm picturing you again in this famed car scenario, which I, I don't think we've ever gone so deep on one metaphorical situation. But I picture this person just giving you this compliment and it devolves to the point where you're just out of the car. You're like, just just take it. Take the car. It's yours now. <laughs> it is this car isn't worth the gas I put in it. Just take it. <laughs> and you get you get home and your dad's like, so how was the drive? And it's like, I've given away the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny i really just get so uncomfortable with the premise that like i could own something nice you know what i mean like that's really what it is so it's like i don't believe that i can own anything nice like whether it's clothing or a car or like whatever that i just like try to blow it up you know so that's where i'm like oh yeah this old thing funny story about this dress i found it soaked in urine and rummaged <laughs> through a garbage can to find a sanitizer <laughs> and then i just threw it on and people are like what and you know i just think because underneath all those layers, <laughs> there's that voice that's like, you don't deserve any of these things. So just implode it. You know, I think that's kind of the really sad message behind my inability to receive compliments is just like there's this like deep feeling of like not being worthy. And so just like, only um, when you walk into the store, you just go up to the front and you just <laughs> you ask, uh, can you let me know where the urine soak section is? <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't even keep it together. <laughs> I can't even keep it together with that one. <laughs> I know. It's like, I can only wear clothing that at one point was completely covered in bodily fluids. <laughs> if it oh hasn't God. been thoroughly soiled, it's too good for me. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, I'm gathering myself back up here after falling to pieces <laughs> with that laughter, but... Uh... <laughs> It's interesting. I mean, I think a lot of that comes from the social anxiety, right? Of just wanting to deflect because you feel like you're not worthy. But of course, that's a lot deeper. Um, it extends a lot deeper. And I do think probably 
most people with anxiety would do well to, to just sort of, yeah, just like kind of embrace, I guess if you think about the compliment as somebody offering you a hug or a handshake, right? Like it's probably the same thing if, if you decide you're going to deflect or discount it, right? Like it's probably the same thing as, as slapping somebody's hand away, right? But obviously it would be a little bit better just to take it and be like, cheers. Okay. I think actually also like there is a part of me for sure that, you know, I, I do I do rely on those quote unquote, you know, compliments to to fill up my tank a little bit when I'm feeling down. You know, I think having something like an award or or, an, or a compliment from somebody who you trust, who, who you think is like, they authentically want to share that with you. I, I think that can be helpful to hold on to when you're feeling really low, because I know sometimes I'll get into a, a stream of thought like, you know, why am I even writing in the first place? Am I even a good enough writer? And then I can think to myself, well, I've won a couple of awards. So unless you know, a bunch of different award committees teamed up to try and dupe me into continuing my shitty career, you know, then I think I, I perhaps it's just more likely that, you know, I have a knack for it, hopefully. And that's not to say that you let that inflate your ego. Like, I do think the element of like humility is hugely important to say, like, I still have a long way to go. I mean, I think that's true. Um, and most people should feel that way that we you have a long way to go because that borders on narcissism if you don't feel that way. But it doesn't mean you have to discount the entire journey before that you got to get there, you know, and, and feel worthless about it. So it's like, it's almost like accepting yourself where you are. And whereas I think probably mm -hmm. I have a tendency to feel like I haven't gone anywhere, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, totally. I think there is also a part of me that at the same time where I turn back bends in order to deflect and discount the compliment as much as humanly possible. Matrix style. I also kind of, yeah, exactly. They're just like bullets of compliments <laughs> coming my way. And I'm like, no, nothing can hit me. <laughs> I will also kind of note the absence of compliments and use that to confirm that I'm as terrible as I think I am. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if, for example, I were to say like share a piece of my work with someone and then not hear something back, I would be like, oh, it must be because I'm the worst writer who has ever put words on a page. And the lack of compliments means that I am fundamentally flawed in an irredeemable way. And I should probably never touch a pen again because that is just shameful you know I like will go to these two extremes where it's like compliments are both a sign that I should just you know hide from it and make it as small as possible but the lack of compliments also means you were right all along Allison you shouldn't even try you shouldn't even do this you shouldn't do that this is weird you're weird and I think it's just it really just goes to show you how hard our brains work to confirm whatever our story about ourself is. Yeah, I think that's 100% true. Yeah, it's always, um, it's like the double-edged sword thing, right? Where it's like, you can't win if both sides are going to be, when there's the presence or the absence of is going to be painful, right? Like you have to right. look at those situations and be like, that's just like a trap that I've set for myself. It's so funny you mentioned what, what you just mentioned, which which is like a hypothetical situation, but I literally just had a situation where somebody emailed me. And I promise this is not like a bizarro humble brag. Like this is just highly applicable. I guess you can decide that though, Allison, ultimately, and the listeners. But 
I had somebody email me and they basically said, like, I saw you speak at a conference a while back and I just wanted to say I found what you said really helpful and I wanted to ask some more advice about writing. And I like excitedly responded back and I offered some advice and this, that, and the other and tried to get back to the person as best I could. And I didn't hear back. And I had the same thing. I was like, well, obviously I'm a failure. Like, I wonder if this was just a giant setup, you know, like maybe I'm just the worst, you know? And I went through this whole thing to the point where I emailed them back like five days later and was like, I hope that was helpful enough. And they responded back to me like three days later, like, I am so sorry I didn't respond quicker. Like, of course this was helpful enough. Like, sorry, I was yeah. just busy enough doing this. But in my head, I, I just created the worst case scenario and forgot the entire pretense or, or premise of the relationship. You know, like that can be something that happens too. Like somebody comes out of the woodwork to offer you a compliment. And then all of a sudden you feel like you're in a position to like defend their position, you know, like you're, you're to either confirm that, that they're absolutely right. But like, why do we feel like we're on thin ice, right? Like they came to me, but right. you know, it's, it's kind of like that always something to prove kind of like a, I'm trying to think of the, like the wizard of Oz thing, you know, like the big you know, you, you're kind of just trying to live up to that, make sure that you're not actually that little guy who's projecting himself much larger. <laughs> and like, and you try to live up right, to right. actually be somewhere in between. I mean, you don't want to be the terrifying people with your size either. I mean, the, I don't know how well the Wizard of Oz metaphor works here. I think reasonably well, but you, you get what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I get what you're saying. I love the Wizard of Oz as a kid. Okay. But yeah, anyway, I think it's true. You know, you want, you're like, hey, excuse me, that compliment that you gave me a couple of days ago, do I still get it? Do I still get it? <laughs> Can I, do I still, do I still get the praise? You know, it's, it's weird. It's one of those things that's like, you want it until you get it and then you don't want it. But then as soon as you might not be getting it, you're like, but I want it. You know, yeah. it's like, it's this weird stage of sort of perpetual dissatisfaction with whatever possible outcome you receive. I think that's social media in some regard too, right? Because yeah. it's never enough. You know, if you post something that gets a bajillion likes, you, I think naturally the, the human inclination is to want a bajillion and one likes. And that's just the way that we're wired. I mean, of course, social media is playing on that idea. And so I like to think about it as like, maybe perhaps, I don't know how filled with with tips an episode like this can be, but it, I, maybe just kind of musings. Like, I think for me, it's about like, not necessarily acknowledgement, but like there are certain people who I'm going to really appreciate their opinion and their compliment and their advice or their ideas more than others. And so I guess it's the idea of like, if you're thinking of it from a social media perspective, not all likes are made equal sort of thing, right? And, and there's a certain amount that like, if you're mm -hmm somebody who, let's say, somebody who's in your field who you've respected your whole life, I mean, if they are giving you a compliment, I mean, you need to weight that differently than the drunk uncle who's giving you the toast, right? And it, I think right. a lot of that is just like understanding the situation. You know, what are you being complimented for? I, I think the, there's a danger as well on the other side of this. I can be somewhat anxious about getting a compliment here and there, but it's more to do with the way that I'm wired than anything else. I also genuinely appreciate when I have somebody who cares about me who, who, who offers a compliment. I think that's kind and caring. But 
if I start to yearn for compliments, like we've all seen the social media posts where someone's like pretty much says like publicly, like, I think I've come to the conclusion that I'm a piece of shit. And then everyone goes and pumps their tires, right? But it's like, it turns out like when Mm -hmm. you're getting your tires inflated with those sorts of compliments, your tires deflate pretty quickly, right? Because there's no substance there. Like if it's like a respond and react style compliment as opposed to someone offering something more genuine, like I think that's different. And I like try to make a point. If you took a catalog of the messages I've sent to people that are like encouraging, it would be a very gushy and probably borderline like, I don't want to say weird, but like it would be a lot. Like it would be very overtly like Canadian and golden retrievery and all the things you've called me before. It would be effusive. Yeah. I've taken, and you know that I lack that quick, I have a a lengthy extended way of expressing things. So I've, you know, I've sent messages before that are a couple of paragraphs being like, you know, basically like, don't forget your God's gift to the earth, you know? And, uh, (laughs) you know, and most people really, I think, appreciate that. And I should appreciate the same more than I do it. Right. And that's not to say, I think we should also clarify, like, I don't think neither you nor I is like dodging compliments like snowballs in a snow fight. Also very Canadian, sorry. But I think I'm not getting bombarded with compliments here, but it's more just like if people are offering them, you know, perhaps I have more of a duty to welcome them with open arms as opposed to like arms. (laughs) the right to bear arms (laughs) yeah firearms just shooting those snowballs that would be an american and canadian snowball fight across the border (laughs) (laughs) snowballs versus using your arms to throw snowballs versus firearms (laughs) you know just some friendly cross-border banter anyway i'm trying to think if there's any uh, we've um i think this is a pretty quick hitting one and uh of course we had People may not know because this might be edited perfectly, but we had that great crash in the middle of this where we had to restart and I definitely did not have a meltdown. So that's good. But I think when thinking about those two conversations that we've now had spliced together, we've covered a pretty good amount of ground as far as compliments are concerned. Is there anything else related to anxiety around compliments that you want to touch upon before we move to our back padding section where I guess, ironically, we're complimenting ourselves. <laughs> no, I can't really think of anything else. Yeah. I think I really liked what you said at the beginning of the episode about offering some sort of acknowledgement before you sort of soften the blow of tooting your own horn, you know, yes. a little bit, you know, something like, that's a great shirt instead of being immediately, you know, enumerating the various ills that have befallen it over the years. You could just say, thanks. I love the color. I got it on sale. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever. You know what I mean? Just like acknowledge that their compliment is not it's delusional yeah. and it's valid and you appreciate it. And then if you feel the need to sort of soften it or offer something that because it's part of your nature to sort of like undercut things a little bit at least for me because I hate getting too hopped up on my own praise I'd rather just deflate 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 I think uh you can kind of balance the two in a way that's like less bizarre than I've been (laughs) doing and I think another thing is like, I know I have and I know you have as well parents who are like our biggest fans and sometimes it can be like really hard to hear them complimenting you in front of other people and stuff. And at least for me, 
And I think the thing that is helpful to think about, and I didn't think about it until just now, is sometimes a compliment serves not just you, but the complimenter. You know what I mean? Like they're saying it because they truly are proud. They're like, I raised a freaking cool kid or like I have such an awesome friend, you know, like I have one friend who I think is just the bee's knees. I think she's the coolest person on earth and I will hype her up to the ends of the earth. And I almost feel like I'm complimenting myself when I compliment her. And I think that's sometimes how, you know, our parents and our drunk uncles giving those long (laughs) toasts are feeling is like, I'm really fucking lucky to know this person, right? And they're proud. And I think if we kind of think about it from their perspective, if we just like shut down and bat things away and act like a sullen little teenager, it kind of, you know, it rains on their parade. We're not just raining on our own parade. We're raining on someone else's parade. So I would just say, as someone who cowers in shame and tries to deflect everything as soon as one of my parents gives me a compliment in front of someone else, I would say maybe there's space for me to tone that down a little bit and still not immediately become a rabid ego monster. There's probably, I think I probably have quite a few steps to go from uh, donating my car and telling everyone I'm wearing urine-soaked clothing <laughs> to becoming an ego monster. I think there are probably some intermediary steps. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I think that's all very well said. And um, yeah, I think it doesn't mean you, c- you can't be true to form either, right? Like you could say, if someone says they like your shirt, you can say, you know, I'm not known for my style, but this shirt, I fucking love. I love this shirt, you know? Yeah. You can keep that true to yourself and be a little bit self-deprecating but also be like but I, you know what i respect that you noticed it because we both know this shirt rocks or whatever it is right it doesn't have to be anything material it can be something mm-hmm. else and i also you know i agree with you about i am sure i'm going to be obnoxiously proud of any i, I should just frame it like this i am obnoxiously proud of my friends my family for everything that they do and have done and um i you know quite frankly i was not sure I was ever going to turn into the type of person that my family could be proud of. So I relish it, you know, I'm, I'm happy to have that. And I, I don't, I mean that just, you know, as, as far as like, I don't think my trajectory was very linear or ever has been very linear. And I think there are, I thought far too much about alternate realities in, in which I just did not become the person I thought I was going to. I don't think of myself as like, oh, thank God it became perfect me. You know, like I don't, certainly don't think of myself that way. But I'm also, I'm not upset about who I am. You know, I think I'm pretty comfortable with who I am. I'm happy with where I'm at. And so I think part of that, uh, you know, accepting a compliment from your parents or something like that is, is acknowledging like, I think we've all come a long way and partially, you know, thanks to you guys. And it would almost be like to not accept that, to go on a tangent which we have many times about the urine soaked clothing <laughs> again be like i'm it's funny you mentioned that because i'm just a piece of crap where like you know that doesn't serve anybody in the end right and we and you think right it's like almost this like it's not humility right like it's not a it's not associated with a positive quality in the slightest it, i think it's ultimately associated with i don't know what i don't know what it's associated with but it doesn't serve anybody so humiliation it's yes. not humility That's, it's humiliation there we go there we go for everybody <laughs> involved right i'm just imagining right like you mm-hmm. what you yeah. follow up that uncle's toast with if you go on 
the offensive about what a piece of crap you are. You're, you're really just making your right. uncle look like a dumbass, <laughs> even though he's drunk. You don't want to further right. turn him into a buffoon. So I think right. that covers right. our uh, basis for compliments pretty well. I didn't think we had this much material on on compliments, but at the same time too, like just there's something about this topic that's a bit of a revolving door that I think you and I could pass this back and forth for five hours of different situations and we're getting compliments and how we respond. And eventually our cheeks were just heard from laughter, but I don't think anybody yeah. has the patience. If we want to actually get a compliment for this episode, we got to wrap it the hell up. So I think we- We do, yeah, we, we do. We got to do, do you want to shift into back padding, giving that compliment to ourselves for- the end of this episode. And for anyone who's a new listener, we always finish our episodes by patting ourselves on the back, largely actually because we are so terrible at giving ourselves any compliments. So you've come at an interesting time if this is your first episode. Do you have something you want to pat yourself on the back for, or do you want me to kick it off? Why don't you kick it off while I puzzle over this one? Sure. No problem. So I went for a 60 kilometer bike ride on Saturday, which is the longest bike ride I've done around Toronto. And I'm not patting myself on the back for that because that in and of itself, sure, like hooray, but like at the same time too, I don't think anyone here is doing, like has broken out into a eruption or a a standing ovation uh, while listening to this. The reason I'm actually bringing it up is because I bought an old bike, which I had convinced myself like was just going to break down on me. And I convinced myself that like I was biking with a few friends and I convinced myself I was going to be in the very back and everyone was going to know what a useless cyclist I am and all this kind of stuff. Like just so much unnecessary, like negative conjecture towards myself about cycling. It was like so unnecessary looking back on it. But like, I was legitimately anxious about it. Like I was just, I I was thinking to myself, you know, like all the things that could go wrong and I'm going to be, I have an old like knee issue and back stuff. And I was like, I'm like, I'm going to injure this. I'm going to injure that. I'm going to have to be carried away, you know, whatever. Um, Of course, none of these things happened. It was a great bike ride. Uh, It was the closest thing I've had to camaraderie in far too long. And uh, it was great. And so, there was a part of me, like there was a voice in my head that was just like, pull out, Chris, it's not going to go well. Like, you know, thinking about all the things that could go wrong. And it's good to remind that voice to shut the hell up sometimes. So everything was good. Mm-hmm. And so I'm patting myself on the back for making sure I continue to tell that voice to shut the hell up because so often that voice that's catastrophizing is ridiculous. And it's only in hindsight we get to see it's ridiculous. But we only get to see it's ridiculous in hindsight if we actually go forward with it. And how many times have people, you know, with anxiety mm-hmm. not move forward with that? So that is what I'm patting myself on the back for. I hope yeah. I've given you some time to ponder over your own back patting mm-hmm. and I shall pass it over. Yeah, it's funny. Actually, mine will be sort of the polar opposite of yours. So I was invited on a hike with a friend and it was going to be like a 10-mile hike that involved an hour drive there and back. And I really wanted to do it, but I ended up pulling out of it for reasons of like, I don't think my body can handle it. I'm not sure mentally I'll be alert enough to drive for an hour back, back. after. Yeah, exactly. Um, after hiking, because I've been struggling with chronic fatigue mm-hmm. and pain. So my celebration is that even though I didn't go on the hike, 
I felt comfortable with that decision. I didn't make it mean that I'm a horrible piece of shit who can never (laughs) exercise ever. I was just like, all right, Allison, you know, you did your five and a half mile hike last weekend, but that was like in your backyard and, you know, it was alone. There weren't other people waiting on you. So like that was great. But like maybe we don't need to like run the marathon of hikes right now. Maybe we can like kind of keep working our way up and then eventually do those. And so like I went on a shorter hike instead this weekend and I'm planning on doing a little hike. Not a hike hike, more like a walk after this. But I'm just reminding myself that, you know, I am in the process of regaining my strength and working on understanding where my own limits are and what are my limits and being compassionate towards myself about them and not making it mean that I'm an utter failure if something feels a little out of reach at the moment. And it doesn't mean that it'll forever be out of reach. It just meant at this moment, it probably wasn't the best idea, especially since I'm still a little, I was going to say like a baby driver, but then I was like, wait, that's a reference to that movie about that guy who was like a really good driver. I'm not that. I haven't been driving in a long time and I get really anxious on California highways because they're just like 45 lanes across. And I'm like, oh my God, there's too much happening. It's like way over over stimulating. Yeah. 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 So just kind of realizing that that was going to be a situation that I would put myself in that would make me feel a lot of anxiety and being like, all right, let's work up to that. It doesn't mean that you're horrible because you're not there right now. Like you will be there, but like, let's take this bit by bit and piece by piece and build yourself up to someone who like has more energy, has more strength, has more confidence in driving. And then you can do those things, you know? Yeah. I love that. I think that's totally valid. I just to tap into why, even though my answer or what my backpacking was totally opposite, why I think that's totally correct. I had anxiety about like feeling weak or useless or whatever. Mm when my like knee was totally destroyed, like torn meniscus and whatever. And even though my knee was destroyed, like I just didn't have the heart to be like, I can't play. So I went out to play a hockey game and I got on the ice and played like one shift. And I was like, I couldn't even like move my knee. And I was like, why did I ever think this was going to be okay? And like had to leave the game like after a shift and like hold my head down and be like, oh, I have so much work to do with physio and all kinds of stuff. It would have been a lot smarter for me just to actually understand where I was at put in the work on physio and just be honest with my friends who I was going to play hockey with on the team and be like, Hey, I'll catch you in six months. I destroyed my knee as opposed to like putting myself through that. Like I'm going to go there when my knee is totally destroyed and pretend like I'm going to be okay. Like I think nowadays, at least I'm a lot better at actually understanding where I'm at as opposed to projecting where I want to be and then pulling myself up when it's totally unnecessary. So I respect that side of things. I think it's been kind of an interesting episode of, I think I've learned a little bit along the way Mm -hmm. and hopefully other people have as well. And if you didn't, we'll be back next week with a new topic anyways, so people can enjoy that. And that will be Mm -hmm. our 52nd episode. So one year anniversary of recording. So one year of podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll have to think of a good topic. (laughs) I know. No pressure, right? Well, thank you all so much for listening. We hope you liked the episode, but if you did like it, don't tell us because we are currently not accepting any compliments. Compliments are closed. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. Yeah, compliments are closed. Thank you. Have a good week. Bye.